Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from The Etiquette of Lying, written by Alex Milton. An Intriguing Polyamorous BDSM Journey Jen got her first taste of being a dominant during an intense relationship with Annabelle during college, which only ended after graduation due to a misunderstanding. The women maintained a close friendship over the years while Jen concentrated on climbing the ranks in the police department and her former submissive focused on building a lucrative mail-order business. Fifteen years post-university, a confluence of events reignites their kinky passions, but with an interesting twist, each of their male partners are included in the mix. While wildly exhilarating and erotic, the couple's path into BDSM polyamory is not without missteps and frustrations as they struggle with getting each of their needs met, sorting out the pecking order, and finally accepting the group's natural alpha. Come along for a wild ride in modern-day London and vicariously enjoy the seldom-written-about lifestyle through the shared journey of Jen, Annabelle, Sean, and David. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from The Etiquette of Lying. Annabelle. Tonight, Annabelle had permitted her staff to leave at four, even though she'd be working late. On the journey home, she hoped dinner would be prepared. Then David would offer her a long massage. But as she turned into her road, the auburn-haired woman was disappointed. She lived on the outskirts of Brighton. David frequently teased it was the less fashionable Preston Park area. But Annabelle had bought the detached three-bedroom property shortly after the economic crash of 2008, and the red-brick, vine-wrapped house was a bargain. Her Mercedes tires crunched loudly on the gravel of the short drive, while the only light came from the Edwardian building's porch, and she realized David was probably out, watching sport with his friends. This is what happens when you date a younger man. She could hear her mother's admonishing tones now. Women select men thinking they can change them, while men select women thinking they will never change. It made her so angry. The term cougar was derogatory, faintly humorous. No one said anything about wrinkly movie stars and successful businessmen dating women half their age. But because David was eight years her junior, that made Annabelle a cradle snatcher. Her friends were admiring, perhaps envious. But they were all secretly waiting for the relationship to end. He's 27, for God's sake, Annabelle blazed. We're part of a generation that's been told we can live to a hundred, delay a family for longer, have whatever material items we need. But when it comes to choosing a partner, we have to fit in neat boxes. Experiences that were staid and predictable became fresh when she revisited them with David, and he never turned resentful or competitive. Her lover didn't mind that she'd already seen a band or roamed Paris, Venice, and Amsterdam before him. Was he using her? Annabelle doubted it. He always paid his way, even though she earned far more than him, and constantly managed to save enough to surprise her. Just for one day, she'd like to be telepathic. Her suggestion they spice things up had not gone well. David hadn't mentioned it since, and she was frightened she'd wounded his male ego. A former partner had introduced Annabelle to kink, and she loved it. Beautiful as David was, she wasn't sure she could handle 40 years of going through the motions, never fucking, only making love. The lounge was unbearably quiet, 
and she dumped her bag and keys offhandedly, then headed for the bedroom and the latest book she was devouring. At this moment, warm covers and the sheltering glow from her reading lamp felt like sanctuary. The colossal shape hit her with a rush, like an ocean wave breaking or a muddy landslide. As powerful arms closed round Annabelle, she fought wildly and instinctively. But against such brutal force, her limbs wouldn't respond. Electrifying panic swept through her, reviving her tired brain. Until Annabelle recognized his kisses and aftershave. You, she giggled. You scared the crop out of me. David affectionately kissed his girlfriend's neck, then buried his face in her coppery mane. Bend over, you kinky bitch. Make a noise and I'll spank you. Mmm. Annabelle was both stunned and impressed. Hello to you, too. She gasped as a rugged hand cracked against her left buttock. David was being true to his word. The curvy woman wriggled defiantly as her arms were tugged effortlessly behind her. But when she tried stamping and kicking in three-inch heels, David nimbly entwined his legs round her own. Once the handcuffs clicked shut about her wrists, the redhead knew it was all over. But she continued fighting, making it good for both of them. I've got you the whole weekend, he gloated, then lifted her in those religiously toned arms, carrying her towards the bed. Oh my god! Annabelle shrieked with delight. I should be terrified. He's so bloody strong. I can't do a thing. David was surprisingly gentle as he lowered her. Yet when she attempted twisting away, he seized Annabelle's legs and dragged her, writhing and giggling, back towards him. A strip of densely folded cloth was thrust inside her mouth, and Annabelle's eyes widened as David nodded the silken material behind her head. Their bedsheets were festooned with an entire Ann Summers catalog of restraints, and when he selected padded foot manacles, she realized her lover had no plans to undress her. At least take off my glasses, Annabelle thought, and drew breath to speak, but the words were muffled. Oh, God, I forgot about this safe word. She panicked, but her abductor had everything planned. If you want to stop, just hum our favorite song, he whispered but I want you to relax. I won't hurt you. The aching tenderness in his voice made her believe him, but she was perturbed how quickly David rendered her utterly helpless. He used soft cord to snugly enclose Annabelle's thighs, knees, and calves. And when he drew the redhead's elbows uncomfortably close together, she thought, Jesus, this is a pit S&M. Once he'd knotted her arms, Annabelle was forced to thrust out her deep-clefted bosom, and she wriggled ineffectively on her stomach, faintly disbelieving as her captor pulled a blindfold out of the rear pocket of his tattered jeans. He smiled complacently, and tugging at her bindings, Annabelle realized she was in completely over her head. Those faded jeans were the only garment he wore, and as that sculpted body moved unhurriedly, padding relentlessly towards her, she was held fascinated, paralyzed like a mouse before a cobra. This was so far beyond anything her previous boyfriends had done, and the redhead gasped, realizing she was close to orgasm without him even touching her. Those broad muscles flexed sinuously in his chest as David reached behind her, plucking off her spectacles, and that was Annabelle's last glimpse of him before he tied the blindfold. He began kissing her all over, the curve of Annabelle's throat, her dainty, pointed ears, and she tried reaching for him, 
but no part of her would respond. Suddenly his mouth was hot and lingering on Annabelle's nylon-clad thighs, and he rolled her skirt up, infinitely slowly, until his captive's French knickers were exposed. Mischievously, he pinched the waistband, letting the expensive garments snap back. Don't tease me, Annabelle begged, as he drew off the sodden underwear with his teeth. David kissed the center of her, and the redhead arched her back feverishly, knickers tangled above her bond's soft cord. When David's tongue brushed her clitoris, the contact was so fleeting, the helpless woman wondered if she'd imagined it, until he moved rhythmically, deep inside her, and she groaned. Don't stop, she prayed after a few minutes. Keep going, don't. She almost screamed as he withdrew. Then standing over her, he actually chuckled. I can keep you like this, on the verge of orgasm for hours, he warned, and there is nothing you can do to stop it. I'm only going to let you come when you've been very, very good. She thrashed and cursed him then, driven far beyond rage, but also intensely, painfully aroused. She couldn't see where he was touching her, and gasped with fright when masterful hands touched her blouse, unbuttoning the pinstriped clothing. You're going to pay for this. She attempted to snarl as David paused and kissed her long hair. She was rolled back onto her stomach, and he knelt astride Annabelle, massaging her while she thrust her curvy buttocks upwards, trying to provoke him. He concentrated on her legs next, kissing every inch of them, until piteously Annabelle sobbed. This time, as he went down on her, she felt herself reach the next plateau, the one before an orgasm. But again, he stopped at just the right moment, and she writhed incredulously, thinking if this went on for hours, she might go insane. She could hum their safe word, but Annabelle knew if he untied her now, even frenzied straight sex would never compare to this. She had to lie there in darkness, and remember how well David knew her body. Lie there, and trust him. He pulled the folds of her shirt open, and the redhead was so keyed up she actually jumped when he slid down the fastenings of her bra. Repeatedly, he denied Annabelle, and she lay broken and quiescent, vowing to do anything if he just let her orgasm. Hours seemed to pass where she was unable to move or see or speak. Then his tongue flickered inside her. She felt herself rising towards a climax in tearing, jerking waves, and when it finally came, she had to bite down on the gag to prevent herself from screaming. He climbed in bed alongside her, and she was drawn into his wide chest and powerful limbs. David's motions were brusque, primeval. There was none of his earlier tenderness, and she was so weak she could barely respond to his urgent need. Amazingly, her body had reawakened, and she felt herself rising towards orgasm again. She heard him groan despairingly in her ear, but he kept going, and this time her climax was multiple— Annabelle seemed to have no control over them, and she tumbled over the last peak, then rested her forehead against his neck, all sweating, trembling devotion, and ruffled, flame-colored hair. He kissed her with those same lips he'd used to such devastating effect, and she responded eagerly, until she felt the densely folded cloth being tugged out of her mouth. Baby, he whispered, appalled. Sorry, I couldn't wait. 
I think I came three times for every one you did. She chuckled sleepily, then resumed nuzzling him again. I'm seriously annoyed with you, though. Sorry, maybe I was a little rough, but all you had to do was, No dummy, we've been dating months, and all that time you've been keeping this hidden. You were able to do that to me. Is it true what you said? You've got me all weekend? I think so. She could hear him smile. Reckon you can take that? You were going crazy at one point. I'll make you a deal, she pouted. Until Saturday night, you can do whatever you like to me. No matter how much I beg, don't release me. But on Sunday, you lie back and let me tie you up. Then it's my turn. You have no idea how happy that's going to make me. Their kiss went on a long time, until they became aroused again. Are we a couple of perverts? Annabelle interrogated him. <laughs> Maybe, he replied and laughed. But it's nice to know there's another one out there. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from The Etiquette of Lying. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.